You're listening to the SuperPod HeroCast, a Night Shift radio production. Hello, I'm Casey Ryan. And I'm Todd Panic. The SuperPod HeroCast supports the striking writers and performers in their negotiation with the Alliance of Motion Picture and Television Producers. Neither Casey nor myself are members of either of the striking unions, the Writers Guild of America and the Screen Actors Guild, American Federation of Television and Radio Artists, But we believe that the stories we love and the movies that capture our wonder would not be possible without the writers and performers currently on strike. We are on the side of these artists. Our podcast does not promote struck work nor the work that would be struck today. Rather than promote, we dissect, analyze, and opine on these movies. We think that we can continue to produce our podcast while supporting the striking artists. If you are able, we ask you to support the WGA and SAG-AFTRA and their members as they fight for modern contracts that reflect modern issues. For more information, you can go to SAGAFTRAStrike.org or WGA.org or find the links in our liner notes. Thank you, and be heroic. Season 7, we're starting off rough. Yeah, um, you're welcome. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, uh, sorry. Uh, so, unfortunately, your spot for next year's Nerd Debate has been filled by... <laughs> I had no... As soon as I watched it, I was like, oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm self-aware enough. I know. I went, oh, boy, this was... I remember this different... I saw this going different. <laughs> you know, if I had a dollar for every time in my life where I, where I walked out of something saying, yeah, you know... Uh, I was going to go a different way with that. Yep. I thought it was going to go a different way. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yep. This was your G.I. Joe the movie where you watched it as a kid. You showed it to your friends when it came out of video and you went, oh, shit, this is bad. <laughs> you know, you know what mine for that is? Mine is Voltron. The show. <laughs> yeah. Voltron is I, hard to uh, penetrate. I adored Phrasing? Voltron as a youth. Mm-hmm. And then it came back to Cartoon Network. And I was like, this is going to be so awesome. And then I was just like, oh, some things are best left in the vault. Some things are best <laughs> I have, left in the vault. I have a nostalgic vault. I and know. Voltron should have stayed there. It really should. <laughs> you know what sadly should have stayed there for me was Gargoyles. I started to watch that. Really? And I was like, oh, oh I remember wow, when, this is rough. I remember it's when dark, you said but that. Like it's, yeah. Oh, that's too bad, though. I wasn't a big Gargoyles fan, but I can imagine. I love Gargoyles so bad. Dedicated fandom, so that's got to be hard. Mm -hmm. Oh, hello. Hello. And welcome to the Superpod HeroCast. Guys with beers talking about movies with capes. Episode 121. 121. I knew it. I just wanted to make sure you knew it, Todd. Thank you. I'm Casey Ryan. And I'm Todd Panic. And we watched My Hero Academia. Heroes Rising. <laughs> And I'm sorry. <laughs> this is, I'm I'm the I didn't get an intro though. So, but that that is your the, intro, ladies and gentlemen. That is my intro. guys, gals, non-binary pals. We have the wonderful Josh Montgomery, winner Woo! of Nerd Debate Five, is live, and his choice was this 
movie. Winner, movie. by the way, for the first and last time, which I believe will be a record. This movie has <laughs> this movie has put me in position to have the record as being the only one and done. Yeah. Curiously, Josh wasn't available next year. Yeah, it's so yeah, weird. Yeah. <laughs> Josh had to go back to his home planet. That's right. Right. Well, that's right. Oh. I accept it. I accept that. It's fine. I really thought this movie was more accessible than it was, and I feel like Michael told me you should go with the other one, which I almost was like, I don't think that one's more accessible, but I'm having a feeling it was. So I got a lot of, so like I said before we started recording, I watched the first maybe 10 episodes with Elliot. She wanted to watch it because uh, Deku, which we will get into, I'm confused by him. Um, well, make no question, this is a phenomenon. Yeah, and and their TikTok exploded the with this during the pandemic, mm-hmm. so we started yeah. to watch it, but we just got tired of the anime formula of explaining the last episode in three minutes, then doing sure. you know, 10, 12 minutes of stuff, and then showing us what's happening next time. After about 10 episodes, I'm like, just... Just show me the whole episode. I don't. I don't need to know what happens next time. Mm-hmm. I'd like to see it right now. So, but it embraces its source material so closely because is this, manga is like a week to week. Manga is a week to week business in Japan. Yeah, right. and so you you know if you're doing it week to week and you're you're putting out, you're putting out this content, you're doing just a couple of pages and you're like, this is good. You you. So I could see why if you're trying to animate, I, I I understand the pacing, why it comes across that way. That doesn't make it easier easier to watch <laughs> there was, and digest. There were some major that. pacing problems, not even in telling backstory or move, just in this movie. Specifically mm-hmm. near the end, I was like, oh my God, just touch hands. Just <laughs> fucking touch. Stop talking about doing it and do it. Well, right. I, I feel like we're getting a little bit of ahead of, ahead of ourselves. Yeah, yeah, we are, and that's fine because it's a very. Sh- it turns out it's a very short movie, so we have plenty of time. <laughs> yes, to that is one of the things I liked. Is that it was quite short. Uh, it's an hour forty-five. Now, yeah, it did take really? me. Really, did take yeah. me a that couple long? watches to watch. Yeah, this. Just, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Oh, I had no idea it was that long. <laughs> that's what she said. You learn something new. Yeah. Well. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Okay. Casey? Oh, from that old classic show, The Office. Is that what you? Yeah. Yes. That classic. Yeah. That boomer yeah. show. Yeah. Uh, so, since we are guys with beers talking about movies with capes, I don't have a beard. Beer. What? Not beard. Oh, oh beer. beer. I thought you said beard. These things come in cans. They're delicious. <laughs> Is that what you guys always say? Oh my Did god! You think it was beards? <laughs> yes. You. No. So, yo, so now go back to Conan the Destroyer. I was the only one with a, I think Talon thinks it's beard as well. well oh we'll my god. Have to, we'll have to figure this out. That's hilarious. Okay. Who was our who was your the Jeff from Kentucky, yeah. right? Yeah. That, no, Matt. Okay. No, so, Matt. Oh, Matt. Matt. It was it Matt. Yeah, Matt. I, yeah. I apologize. That's me. I'm the one who made the mistake. They got it right. Listen, Matt. I did not. I was like, did, yes, did, I end. <laughs> do you think it was beers or beards? I've always oh, thought it was beards. My God. Season seven starting off to a train wreck. Bombshell. That's not a train wreck. I'd say it's more That's of a bombshell. All right. Oh, so I will I, have to. It's, Todd, this is on you. You have to. I, uh, I, I'm going to have to announce it. Guys with beers. There you go. But as the Mushmouth one in the group, that's that's yeah. amazing. Holy cow! Okay. That's that's really funny. I'm I'm floored. I this and I thought my movie choice was going to make the whole thing a disaster, but now I've come up with this. Uh, wow, this is amazing. I think this is earth shattering. <laughs> this is big night shift radio news. And <laughs> I am going back to when we were at a chorus line, and yeah. we were about to record our episode, and Josh, you're like, I'm not going to have a beard in time. And I was like, Oh, see, <laughs> because but I was but. The three of us, Talon, 
Todd and I have exactly. beards. So that you're just like, oh, I want to be a part of it. I didn't realize you yeah. thought our catchphrase was guys. So I what? literally thought the catchphrase was beards. <sighs> I want to spend the rest I, listen, of the episode I gotta own, on I got to own that. I got to own that. Uh, that's my well, poor enunciation. But since since right. we are guys with beers talking about movies with caves, beers. what okay. are we drinking? That's right. Yes. Sorry. That's Does it right. make sense now? It sure does. I mean, they really made sense the other way. Because <laughs> listen, the only all guys know, with beards can drink beers. I used well. I, I just listen. <laughs> I used to go I'm to listening. a local comic. <laughs> I used to go to a local comic book shop here, and I would talk to the owner, um, Greg. We would talk for hours. We would BS and bullshit about comics forever. And it was literally three years later. I found out his name was Craig. <gasps> What? Uh, I mean, I would call him Greg. He must be so used to it. He never corrected me. What is the comic shop? At the time, it was Comic Zone. It was when oh, he yeah. actually ran it himself, yeah, yeah. when the owner ran it himself. I called him Greg for years. Oh, my God. <laughs> that's great. And then they're like, no, it's Craig. And I'm like, well, well that's after me. a while, that's on, that's on Craig. That's right. Many, that's many right. moons ago when I worked in a uh, car dealership, um, I would leave messages for people, and I'd say, hi, this is Casey. I'm just calling to let you know your car is ready, blah, 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 all the other information. Without yeah. fail, at least three times a week, three times a week, someone would call and say, yes, I got a call from a Jason. Oh, forget it. I, I Okay, so <laughs> like, wait. as a person named Josh who does computer support, I am telling you people in their brains in America just have a default. It sounded like a male voice. I think it's a Jason. <laughs> they default to Jason. Why? Why Jason? It's not even close. <laughs> they remember the A sound in your name. Yeah. Right. yeah. It's got a jazz. Uh, so... Uh, we are, we went a little bit off the beaten path rather than go to our favorite beer shop this time. Uh, we are starting Uh with our special guest, Josh Montgomery, winner of nerd debate five is alive. Uh, and Josh, you, it's not your full-time gig, but you got a little bit of a side gig at a local brewery. Do you want to tell us about it? I do. Yeah. So freight yard brewery, it's located in Clay, New York off route 31. Um, it is the best place for people to visit for the first time. We get it all the time. I drive by this place all the time. Um, so our brewer is from a couple hours away and she <laughs> brews. We don't, have, she doesn't brew maybe a ton of beers, but I think she pretty much knocks it out of the park with the 100%. 10 to 12 or so that we consistently have uh, great finish. Which is always the key for me. Great finish in a craft brew. I don't like that craft brew aftertaste. Um, and honestly, I don't think she really does anything over there that uh, I don't like. It may not be my thing, but I like them all. I, you know, I have uh, sampled a number of Freight Yards beers on a number of occasions <laughs> and have never been disappointed with any of their choices. Because yeah. you are a guy with a beard who likes beers. Who likes beers, right. that's correct. It's both. It's, it's both. both. So, uh, Josh had a great idea for our beer this evening. We, you know, we wanted to drink one from Freight Yard, and of course, we wanted to still find some connection to the movie, and uh, Josh, you had Which a is great th- idea. Well, so, again, I got my hemispheres wrong, but it's it, what it, what would appear to be summer vacation for us <laughs> is where the students in this are on. They're, it's clearly a summer-like environment. It seems like a summer-type time, so I was like, why don't we do the summer wheat? Yay! I'm Yay, totally fine with that. Summer. Now, yeah. Josh, I don't even know what is this. This is not the thirty-two ounce crowler. Oh, it's a pint crowler. Oh, they come in, yeah, they so come in pints. I'm getting one. <laughs> yeah, we recently shrank them down, and I don't. I I just fill the beer, so I don't know the exact choice. Or just okay, fill the beer. Yeah. 
I do that a lot. That's why the, the role is beer tender. Were you opening this? Oh, yes. Uh, I, I've already opened it. Oh, yes. yes. Okay, good. I won't spill it like I did on Conan. I just <laughs> spilled mine, so. I forgot a glass. I'm drinking it right now. Mm. Oh, this is lovely. Lovely color to it. I'm drinking yeah. it out of a name oh. redacted, but you both can see it, and it's the perfect. Yeah. It's not only that, uh-huh. but it's the. Oh. Nice. Very nice. Oh, yeah. Very nice. I just, um, um, a terrible tragedy befell my uh, Star Wars cup <gasps> that I drank out of last time. Oh, no. My BB-8, the commemorative yeah, yeah. Force Awakens. Oh, Awaken no. Or... The, the Empire Strikes uh, Bach? Bach. Yep. Oh, yep. rest in peace. R.I.P. Yeah, that sucked. All right, well let's uh, let's try this beer. Yeah, let's let's have some. Yeah. Let's see. Oh, that is a good <laughs> summer that's a beer. Good, that's a good oh, beer. That is that is what we like to call a port sipping beer. Yeah, she um, initially made a smaller batch, and I don't think she'd made a summer wheat before. Smaller batch at the beginning of summer. Mm-hmm. It sold out, and the crushing disappointment that hit everyone that came in. <laughs> Do you have that summer wheat? Do you have that summer wheat? Part of it's us, because we have a cherry cider by OSB Cider Ciderworks, which is outside of uh, Rochester, mm-hmm. Lakeland, um, and we combine them. So mm. we make like a cherry wheat out of them. What? <laughs> so that's, I'm sorry. that's our TikTok menu item. We combine the cherry, we combine the the cherry cider with the summer wheat. Oh, yeah. my God. Wait. It's when you, quite tasty. I actually drove by um, Freight Yard... Sunday morning, I was taking someone from Clay to Cicero, and it just took me down 31 the whole way. It was super fun. Yep. Um, yep. <laughs> nice 20-minute ride with this person. <laughs> but um, <laughs> I drove by it. Those, uh, the outdoor, like... Um, the yard, can- yeah. The canopy things that you have that are look like they're made out of a roof siding. A uh, little bit of that, a little bit of, a little bit of, okay, so the Very way that cool the whole looking. yard, yeah, it is. The way the whole yard came about was um, the brewery itself opened in late 2019. Great and time to so open So you can business. imagine the rest. <laughs> so, you know, obviously they were closed down by March come, what was it, mid-April? We were allowed to maybe go outside. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um so in quick response, that whole area was a field. And then a month and a half later, uh, they all came together and came up with all of the various seating uh, contraptions. Very cool seating. Yeah. And it, and it, it, it definitely fills up. When, when, we, when we get a busy night, it fills up. Go by Thursday and you can't even get near the place. You, you know what accepted. I love about Freight Yard? It, it very much reminds me of kind of a European pub that is, you know, really welcoming to families and not unusual mm-hmm. at all, especially... On the weekends, uh, when the weather's nice, not unusual to see you know families and kids there, and they've got some games yeah. and stuff, and it's a really welcoming place. So if you've not been yeah. to Freight Yard, put it on mm-hmm. your list of places to hit. You will not be disappointed. It may be the uh, location of Nerd Debate Six. Josh, I'm terribly sorry. Your spot has been filled, but we will be. <laughs> That's fine. That's fine. But I remember, I'm the one. Here's the difference. I'm the one. I could keep it open afterwards. That's true. That's true. So you're back I, I in, you son of a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> so we alluded to the Conan episode. So Josh, yeah. you and your partner in crime, Talon, joined us for our episode 108, Conan the Destroyer, um, mm-hmm. which was really to help kind of kick off your own podcast. Also on Night Shift yeah. Radio. Do you want to yeah. give a quick plug for that? Let folks know uh, what that's all about? 
Uh, yeah, so Talon and I do the fourth pillar of play. We've been incredibly consistent about it. <laughs> we surprise <laughs> even ourselves. Uh, it's a week-to-week uh, Dungeons & Dragons world-building creative exercise. Um, you know, we don't necessarily... Honestly, we, we rarely know what we're doing. We barely ever pregame. We want it. <laughs> We want it to seem entirely like um, a couple of guys sitting around and creating. We want, you know, we want people to get a, a glimpse into it. So, um, close-ish to a year-ish. You're getting pretty close <laughs> to a year, yeah. yeah. Yeah, we're getting pretty close. Um, we went in with literally nothing, and we have built out the cosmically isolated world of Estrock. Yep. It's pretty great. Um, Boy, we've been working on geography. I mean, we definitely don't have a process, but we've done a lot of the geography of it. You've we've come up with different race uh, species, lineages. We're still, I think we're going to settle on lineages because race is not a word we use anymore. Yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah. Uh, um, you've created some nightmare fuel inducing uh, creatures that you will battle. Giant lizard. We've done, we've done our uh, house centipede. <sighs> um, God damn which, it. Which was a fun moment where we discovered that <laughs> Talon called a silverfish something. Anyway, fun stuff. Yep. Very off the cuff stuff. We usually stay fairly focused. Sorry about the overly mathy episodes. We try not to. <laughs> when it's excessively numbers, I'm like, oof, well, well that's fine. And we also find out that Talon's not that great at math. Yeah, yeah. Well, that happens. <laughs> and, well, you know what's funny is he self corrects himself. But he was just like last week. I said six plus five was thirteen. When it's eleven, I'm and like, well, I guess and I we'll believe never that let you forget. One of those times he called me out. I'm like, dude, I fucking suck at math. Yeah, I was like, yeah, six plus five is totally yeah. thirteen. It's I'm, totally thirteen. Yes, of I am. all the, of all the things Casey's going to call you out on, math is not one of yeah. them. You're safe. You're safe. <laughs> yeah, I really but enjoy we, all your episodes. But you had this one where you were planning something for a friend's birthday party. The <laughs> third guy that was on, such a Oh my god. I think his name was like insufferable. Fred or something. I don't know. You know, I gotta say that I gotta say that guy did a great job considering we just dumped it on him because we hadn't (laughs) recorded that week. I'd love to. And we were like, hey, we're just gonna record the discussion. Why not? I absolutely loved it because I started the episode and Todd's like I don't know what's happening. I'm apparently doing a <laughs> podcast right now. I, I literally walked in the door and Talon said, hey, do you mind if we record tonight? And I said, okay, sure. I, I think yep. I said, do we have beer? I think I may have said that. Yeah. Yep, yep. And I got my, um, we had freight air beer that night. I, that's, I right. Believe that's right. We, we had the tugs, we had the tugs my body. Right. I believe that's it's right. pronounced uh, podcast juice. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> okay. That's right. All right, so but um, anyway, podcast. You can yeah. find us on anywhere you hear pod. You know, you listen to podcasts. We can find us at fourthpillarofplay.com, all spelled out, which has <laughs> apparently become our catchphrase. <laughs> um, and you don't have to be a D and D fan, I think, to enjoy it. I, I I do know quite a few people that I right Casey himself yeah. played D and D a few times, but it's I think we're fun to listen to oh, most absolutely. of the time. No, yep. no, it is totally engaging. Even when you get into the weeds and like, well, this book was here, and I'm just kind of like. I don't know what's happening, but it's still engaging. Yeah. I think it was, I think our greatest success was you finding out there was a difference between devils and demons. Yes, 100%. Did not know. <laughs> I thought there was one yeah. devil and just a bunch of demons. Yeah. Again, yeah, because culturally they get smushed together. Sure do. You know, we we, we don't really, we, there's a devil and demons are the, his minions. So, dear Army, you may learn it. something listening to a podcast. Not That's this right. podcast. Yeah. No, not, no, not this not one. Ours. No, Jesus no, Christ. No, you may, you may confirm that anime is not your thing on this particular <laughs> podcast. Right. That, that one we're going to lock in. And but that leads us to, yes, Josh, I'm just going to keep you uh, going on stuff. Can you give us sure. like a two-minute synopsis of My Hero Academia leading up to this movie? How about that? 
Okay. Um, actually, you know what? That's great. It's gonna. It may be a little bit more than two minutes, though, because that was something I needed to work in. <laughs> I made a tiny, huge mistake. <laughs> yeah. No, 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 no. Because I was trying to... Okay, so I went at this... Uh, as I said at the top of the podcast, I'm sorry. I thought it was more accessible. I really did. Um, basically, what has happened up to this point is... Um, uh, do you remember when Superman died? Uh, and there was this feeling of, you know, this is a, you know, comics, right? Yep. Mm -hmm. Superman dies. Um, how is the world going to go on with Superman, right? Without him, right? That was kind of the, what was it? Funeral for a friend era was what do we do without this yep. massive power? Um, leading up to this point, essentially the Superman of Japan, all of the might. My Hero Academia universe, All Might, yeah. um, has, he's given up, he's burned off the last of his power. Nobody knows why, but the... A1 peacekeeper of the world, practically, an inspiration, um, is no longer uh, is no longer in, in the biz, and society is starting to kind of crumble. Because it's kind of, you know, that's kind of what Lex Luthor always was a little bit about. Like, if we depend on you so much, what are we going to do? You know, you, you kind of hold back humanity in, to a certain extent, because we just figure, oh, Superman's going to come save us. That's kind of the feeling. All Might is going to come save us. So this is a world trying to pick up the pieces. All Might is gone. The, it, the whole society is very mixed with kind of uh, influencer culture and superheroes. They kind of overlap. Mm -hmm. Superheroes are civil servants. Yeah, because um, that's, that's a foundational piece, right? Like 80 or 90% yeah. of the population 85. has powers, mm -hmm. right? Because yep. I, well, it was a note during it, but we got here organically. If 85% of the population have quirks, mm -hmm. they're not superheroes. I want to follow now the 15%, I did math right, haha, yep. um, <laughs> that don't have powers that you? are just like, oh, for fuck's sake, I, <laughs> I just have to, you know, clean toilets now because. Yeah. Well, I will say, so um, that is for me. So I, I will admit, I started watching a show because my kids did. When they started watching it, they were, what, 14? One of, so they were, the, they were the age for it. And it was one of those things where I kept coming through the room. But one of the things that, it, that I do like about it is they do take so much time dealing with superheroes and superheroes in society, being a part of things. What does this world look like? And in the, in, in the length, as the show goes on, they actually address what you just said. Oh, okay. Where there are some people, so you have a quirk if you have a bird head, right? That's just your quirk. It doesn't mean like it's you just may have some like superhumanly powerful, right? Right, right. Um, and that is the weird thing about quirks, but I also kind of find I've come to find somewhat endearing because they're a little bit kind of '90s X Men ish. Remember in the '90s in the X Men uh, comics, they would kind of mo you know. Mutant power should be nature-based. Generally, they used to have something, but then you would get somebody who's good with machines, or mm -hmm. they, they, they would just kind of come up with whatever mutant power and call it a thing. Um, and I always thought that was interesting. Sure. You have an affinity for machines. I don't see how that's a mutant power. How would I, you develop that? I'm literally that? blanking on that character's name. For Forge. 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 Forge was technically 70s, but I mean, that type but of vibe. Still, I'm that, just, but, they, but he yeah. had a resurgence, though, in the 90s. Because yeah. we were tech-heavy, but my problem sure. with Forge yeah. always was, if he can literally create a, a machine to fix anything, then mm -hmm. nobody who doesn't want to be a mutant should be a mutant. Like, he should have figured that shit out day one. Well, you know, and that's always, a, that, that was always something the X-Men got into, where it became the kind of... I don't know. It's probably this is probably unpopular nerd things, but I think that the X Men civil rights analog metaphor just doesn't work for me. Mm -hmm. um, mostly because really? you know mutants are I, yeah mutant, mutants are actually dangerous, and 
I, I think if you're concerned because your neighbor next door could hiccup and rewrite reality, which eventually becomes a mutant power. Yeah, I think but that's, that, that feel... I'm sorry, finish your thought, finish your thought. No, no, I feel, I think that's a natural, I think that's a natural concern. I mean, if your neighbor um, could get angry at you for letting your dog crap in his lawn and potentially lose it and blast you with eye beams that could, you know, I, it's not the same as someone's skin color. I just feel like the metaphor is a little different. Uh, that's interesting. I haven't heard it expressed that way, but I, it, it, that's an interesting idea to me. I, I, it strikes me as though that kind of, edge case that really doesn't define the re the the well oh, wait a minute. What, what are we doing um guys we're not here to talk about the x-men you're right you're right. almost faded <laughs> him and i did you see me i was like gonna push the mic away i'm gonna let you guys yeah the only thing i will say is in storytelling they always have to heighten the conflict so that may be why right. it is instead of just skin color it is um sure I, well, I, I let out a flatulent and the whole world explodes, you know? I, mm-hmm. you, you that, know that was a power. Yeah, t- no, yeah. it, wasn't, it wasn't a power. Well, it, it's interesting. No, how, I'm not saying I agree with registration. Oh, sure, like, sure, I sure. get that. But yeah. it, it's interesting, though, how that metaphor has morphed. So the era when I started reading X-Men, so civil rights, yes, it was very much focused. It, it was much more closely aligned with civil rights as they pertain to race and racial identity. You know, mm-hmm. the next generation, I think it, it morphed very much into sexuality and gender. Well, They're the movies valid. did that because valid. the movies were being uh, directed by a gay man, which is not, a, I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I'm just saying, sure. I think that's why that morphed and they saw the popularity. So it became that storyline in the comics when. Uh, I, well, yeah. I, not, well, not so the X Men have more always. Than an al- analogy. Yeah. The. The X-Men have historically always, even pre-movies, had um, uh, a big appeal to LGBT sure. Q right. plus communities, period, because of the outsider the outsider That's concept. exactly what it is. Any way yeah. in which you identify as the outsider, right? Mm-hmm. That's fair. That's fair. Um, okay, but we're, we're not here to no, talk about No, we're here to X-Men. talk about Bone. Oh, wait, no. Oh. <laughs> I couldn't get into that one. You know, oh, it's I know. so good. I know. Just didn't uh, grab me. Great. You've, you have to read, uh, what's his name? His uh, The guy who did Bone did his Shazam. Is oh, really good. Yeah. <laughs> <See> right there. <laughs> Nerd. <laughs> oh, it's the best Shazam out, ever. I, yeah, oh, my. Oh, oh, yeah. There you go. That's super. Yeah, um, I have it. I promise. So, no, what we're here it? to talk about is My Hero, my Hero Academia. Kid. Yeah. Yeah, and um, let's let's do let's pull back a little bit back to reality just yeah. Yeah. to ground it. So, Josh, you gave a little bit of a time frame in terms of how old your kids were. If I'm yeah. if I'm looking at uh, if I'm looking at my research right, um, the it starts uh, as a manga, which is to your point, this kind of serialized Japanese storytelling. I didn't realize right. they it's, were weekly. It, yeah, it's a Shonen Jump. Yeah. What is say that out. again? It's a Shonen Jump manga. What is that most mean? of the popular ones? Naruto was Shonen. Um, that's like the imprint. Oh, I think. oh, okay, like the publisher. Yeah. Okay, got it. Okay. Yeah, more or less. Okay. Yeah. So Dragon Ball Z, famous Naruto. Um, almost all the ones that are really popular are generally Shonen. Got it. Okay, so this Shonen um, starts in 2014 and is still running today. Wow. Yep. Yep. Um, this. Oh, when? Well, what I didn't have was the. Okay, so it becomes a TV series anime 
in 2016 and then follows in 17, 18, 19, and 21, and then actually a sixth season uh, that ended in March of this year, 2023. Um, And I believe this is the second movie... Yes, the so second of three. Of three, yep. right? There's, it goes two heroes, then Heroes Rising, then World Heroes Mission. And I'm going to say uh, it yep. right now, this is the only one we're doing. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's what I that's what I said, too. I was like, oh, I think I've created a new rule. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> I'm um, new rule. I don't want to hear any anything online. I don't want any emails about it. This is the only fucking one we're doing. <laughs> yeah. The so, end. <laughs> Uh, so I, I feel like if you already are watching anime, you know where to find it. If you're a casual mm-hmm, fan, mm-hmm. It, it definitely takes some work to find it or, or finding someone who watches anime who tells you where to go find it. Yeah. Right. You would need like a guide. On yeah, it. yeah. Yeah. I agree. Um, so we, and it's not even the one I would suggest people watch. This and I, I don't even watch that many. Uh, interestingly, J- Jack has watched this for a number of years and has been trying to get me to watch it for a number of years. He watched the movie with me. He hadn't seen this movie yet. Um, so, uh, yeah, so this was on my radar before you said it. Right. I, uh, the only thing I watched w- with any regularity was uh, Pokemon. Okay. It was yeah. just right at the time where I was still doing, and it was on early in the morning before school so I could yeah. watch it, you know. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad I bounced because apparently it just ended like last <laughs> well, year. Ash, Ash finally Ketchum's, became a Pokemon. He master. finally won. Oh. Yeah, he finally became the the champion. I watched it actually. I don't watch that. Yeah, but you watched that. One. So I watched. So I watched anime starting back in the '90s. You know, because there was a time where if you had you know, uh, some kind of genre thing to watch. It was kind of feast or famine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like you didn't have much to watch. I started to get into anime, but back then. Anime was like you're just gonna have to you're just gonna have to watch whatever we give you. It's another thing. Sure. And now you have a lot more choices, but I struggle watching it too. Um, I think I, I mentioned this to Todd at one point. Just I'm just too progressive. It's really hard. You know, it's hard to watch anime. The 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 values sometimes that come across are very difficult. Yeah. yeah. Um, except that I, I will say that's why I watch Jujutsu Kaisen, the most progressive anime going. It's very pro. Everything I wanted to be I, pro. So. I asked nice. Jack about that when we were watching this. He that is not on his radar, so he was interested. So I'll have to get. Uh, I'll have oh, to get it's the best one, and it does it does the explanation thing, but stuff happens in the episodes. It's just better paced. Yeah. It, yeah. But right. this it wasn't superhero, so I can't say anything. Yeah, <laughs> got, it, got it. All of these are huge hits, by the way, in Japan. Sure. These, this movies were huge there. Also, yep. number one. While, while yeah. we're naming all the stuff that we love, we are in no way saying. That you should go watch this stuff. We are not here to promote. We are just right. simply here to review. To review, right. dissect, analyze. Absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. Um, so, you know, this does break one of our rules. This does not have a U.S. theatrical release. Um, but, again, we Yes, made... it did. It was the last movie I saw in theaters before COVID. <gasps> I'm so sorry. I missed that. I Oh, yeah, and I now I remember at, you uh... saying that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I saw okay. it at Movie Tavern. It was me, um, my wife, and two kids sitting in a pretty much empty theater because everyone was afraid to go. I... Oh, yeah. Released the film in North America on February 26, 2020, <laughs> in both yep. English, subtitled, and dubbed. So we watched yep. a uh, we watched a dubbed version on yeah. stars. It is one of the better dubs you're going to get a hold of, despite... I know the voice acting people. was really fantastic in this. Yeah. 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 Really, they, they really great good. cast. Agree. Yep. Agree. Um, 
I'll, I, I'm going to apologize in advance. I feel like we should share who the credits, unless Josh, unless you have a better pronunciation of the writers and directors' I do not. names. Okay, no. I definitely do. Okay, so directed by Kenji Nagasaki, written by Kohai Horikashi, Yasuki yep. Karudo, and Hitashi Nagai. Yep. So Horikoshi. Horikoshi. Which you did a good. That's fine. Okay. Uh, Horikoshi is the writer and artist of the manga. He's the mm. overall creator. Ah, okay. Got it. So he gets credited from that perspective. Okay. <clears throat> that makes yep. sense. That makes sense. Uh, and, uh, you know, I did find a budget number. Um, oh. Or, I'm sorry. I found a box office number, not a budget number. And I would be shocked if we'd find uh, a budget number. But And also it would have an asterisk because everything shut down, just like Birds of Prey, all those movies. Mm. That was the last movie I saw in theaters pre- uh, Shut down. The, the yeah. box office, you mean? The yeah, box the box office, office with, all, yeah, yeah, yeah. all that stuff. If you go yeah. into like box office mojo or whatever, uh, just like uh, Wonder Woman 84 had some limited theatrical, so it's got a really low number, but there's an asterisk because, hey, yeah. not a whole That's lot of fair. people want to go to the theater at that point. That's totally right. fair. Uh, so it does have, um, you know, revenue box office receipts $29.9 million, which... Wow. Honestly, I think is impressive for a for an anime. Mm-hmm. I mean, talk about niche. Yeah. So I yeah, I feel that it probably got helped by being one of the few movies. <laughs> I mean, you're not gonna keep those fans out of theaters. Right. <laughs> so that probably helped quite a bit. That's fair. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> All right. Uh it is there anything else we want to do to set the stage? I, I do want to talk about. I've got some thoughts about anime. But I think maybe, the rest will come in as as, as we go. I yeah. would imagine. Yeah, I think the well one one other thing that I saw. Yeah. I just tried to find the note, but I couldn't find it. Uh, this apparently, this movie was released before certain things had happened in the on the TV show. Like the uh, that is true. The Japanese audience yep. got some stuff before the American audience. Like um, Endeavor is that his name? Yep. Guy has a huge scar in his face. He didn't have that uh, as of the last thing they watched, and then they found out about it. And yep. uh, Deku didn't have the St. Louis kick. Is that the new one? Yeah. So all of these... So, I mean, I, I don't know if you'll get to it, but I can explain why it's called the St. Louis. <laughs> because they had to match the lip flaps to whatever Japanese words. Right. He was, there's a lot right. of well, that because, in this one where it's just like, yeah, yeah, I agree. We should do that. <laughs> I'm like, you were just feeling yeah. lip flaps. Oh, got it. <laughs> totally. Totally. But no, um, All Might, his namesake and hero uh, was a big... You know how we have like Japanese, you know, people that are way into Japanese culture. Mm-hmm. All Might was into American culture, so everything oh, okay. he did was Detroit Smash, United States. He named them after all these things, That's, and that was his battle call. I do remember so. him saying Detroit, Detroit Smash. That's right. Okay, yep, Detroit Smash That's is the big punch. Yeah, funny. The, well, you know, during the episode, and and Jack, my son Jack, who can be at times tough to watch things with because it's like, uh, it's like. It's like you're getting the DVD commentary while you're watching it because he's giving you everything in real time while you're watching it to the point where sometimes it's like, Jack, how about I just watch what's on the screen in front of me? But, if I have but, a question, I'll pause and ask I'll you. pause and ask. But he's, <laughs> but he's so, but he really just wants to share the whole experience with you. He's very thoughtful. Right. Um, and it was very helpful to have him with me as I was watching this. So we did pause a couple times. One of the times, speaking of kind of names and naming conventions, so... The uh, the protagonist's name is uh, Deku. 
Deku's the Izuko, easy one. Izuko Midoriya. Yes. And oh, I, that's one of my notes is why is he called Deku if his name is Izuko Midoriya? Deku is a superhero name. It's a superhero name. Oh. And it's easier, of course, I'm, for I'm me dumb. to say Deku than it is to right. say... Izuko Midoriya. In, Izuko Midoriya. Right. Yeah. And in most people's case, that is the, that's the case. Right. I mean, that's what everybody does. Yeah. So as various characters are showing up, and, and, and I'm asking Jack, I'm like, well, do these... like. I'm hearing the Japanese names. Do we get like Amer- do they have do they have code names, right? Do they have Falcon, right? W- right. Uh, right. Um Scarlet Witch. And so the uh the rival Bakugo, right? Katsuki Bakugo. Yep. I said, yep. okay, he clearly has powers, right? the grenade hands, okay, and Jack's explaining his sweat is nitroglycerin, he can channel and explode. I go, "Well, does he have like a code name?" He goes, "Hang on." And I'm like, oh, Jack oh, yeah. doesn't know this. <laughs> no, so, he, he does. But, he yeah. does. So Jack had to look at me. He goes, uh, yes, his hero name is Great Explosion Murder God Dynamite. And I go, okay, uh, we'll call him uh, Bakugo. That's totally fine. Yeah, <laughs> that's oh, why I, goes by I have Bakugo. a different name for him. I'll wait till he's actually introduced. Okay, perfect. Yeah. All right. I was pretty proud of myself. All right. He has, yeah, he does go by two names. Jack gave you his final name. Oh, that's his final name? Okay, which, got it. which would have come after this. I have a feeling Casey knows the workshop name. I don't. Yeah, I think you might. Unless you just have a nickname for him because he drove you crazy. Oh no, yeah. He no, I have a nickname for him just because I couldn't remember all these names. What was his what was his uh superhero name? You know, I'd have to look it up. But he, I his original one was like Murder King Death Something. They're like great superhero name. Oh, that's what Jack said. I just Googled yeah. I just go- that's what Jack said. I found that yes. okay. That's Murder you, King you gave Death. His- <laughs> something like that. Yeah. Yeah. He's Christ. he's bad at this. That, but though they really drive home. A little too hard that Bakugo is bad at this. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Does he eventually become comments, a villain? He does not. Actually, he he come, he goes in the right direction. And he gets his stuff, he gets his head on straight eventually. That's good, 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 good. A couple of times my yeah. my remark to Jack was he is straight up trying to murder that guy. Jack's like, yeah. Yeah, that is like, that is one of those weird. Okay, why don't we get into? Yeah, let's get into. Okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, So, um, oh shit, how do we get into Casey. episodes? I forgot. Well, I think there's uh, nothing left for us to do. But uh, oh yes, roll that film. That's it. <laughs> I fucking <laughs> forgot. I was about to do the old one. I was about to say. Yeah. Uh, I believe what you're about to hear right now is. And now, our feature. The League of Villains is pursued by several heroes while driving off in a truck carrying a life support capsule. Now, the opening setup, again, for someone who doesn't watch anime, I'm like, you know, trying to be generous to this movie, I'm like, this opening sequence, still not as ridiculous as many of the Fast and the Furious movies. I'm still willing to give this the benefit of the doubt. I think that's fair. But I yeah. would know. I've never seen one. <laughs> uh, but I'd like to know which one of the Ninja Turtles is driving the truck. <laughs> oh, yeah. So it, that's worth it because I know, so Horikoshi, the writer, is a big Western. He's a big fan of a lot of Western stuff. Okay. If you read any of the actual manga issues, there's a point where they, you can clearly see that he's, a well, that's Spider-Man, that's Wolverine. No way. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> Just nice. a complete outline. I mean, superheroes aren't really big there in, in general. Okay. Um, it's much more of a Western thing. I'm sure. I haven't looked into it. I am certain that is not a mistake. I Got do it. not remember his name. But uh, that's not a mistake. Well, well, he's only in that first sequence. I was expecting him to show up when the bad guys come to the island. 
Yeah, uh, they, I don't they think don't we see use him and, again. Yeah, he's part of their standard rogues gallery. Oh, okay. Got it. Got it. So, uh, Endeavor arrives and manages to destroy the truck with the villains revealed to be clones created by Twice as it crashes. <laughs> yeah, I straight up thought they murdered these people. <laughs> So I'm going to eventually get to this, but that is one interesting thing is if they died, that's fine. They had no idea they were clones. Yeah, that's the thing. Like uh, Endeavor totally like as hot as that truck gets and the fact that they melt away, I was like, well, we went dark very quick in this kid's movie. <laughs> Holy shit. It's the Transformers all over again. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that, how dare you? That was way worse. <laughs> but no, there's no hesitancy on the, I mean, at one point, All Might's goal is to kill his arch nemesis to end his reign of terror i mean it's killing is is that's that's part of the job <laughs> so that wow. is not uncommon okay so bakugo's willingness to just go all out is totally in context is totally fine okay so yes in context he's still a little bit he's he's definitely overboard by their stand i would say that when they're all like yeah let's go get these bad guys and then he's like the villains are as good as dead yeah right, so right. Like, and they're all kind of like <laughs> okay bakugo calm the fuck down <laughs> it's always bakugo calm the yeah. fuck down <laughs> you know you know i think that opening sequence again for someone who has not watched any of the episodes despite jack mm-hmm. trying to get me I, I think that opening sequence does a really good job and we get a a quick voiceover narration by Deku mm-hmm. does a really good job of giving you that thumbnail sketch of this is what the world is. So I, I didn't know who the characters are involved in the in the chase. Okay, the guys in the trucks are clearly the bad guys. Didn't know any of that, but I felt like I had enough to continue with the story based on that. The experiment was a success. The figure within the capsule, a villain named Nine, who allowed himself to be experimented on by Daruma Ojiko, uh, escapes during the crash and regroups with his team of villains to fulfill their dream of creating a society ruled by those with strong quirks. I didn't put a thing in here, but rebuilding society is like the primary theme regardless. There's been multiple villains in the, the lifetime of the show that's all about let's... Re, let's. They have a different view of what society should be rebuilt into. So, Who's the guy with the hand on his face? Oh, I have a whole section here. Pause <laughs> to let them just kind of... <laughs> just kind of like try to digest Shigaraki putting the hand on his face. Um, That's the guy all God. in red, right? He has the yeah, and this great he power. shows up at the very end. Yeah, yeah. yeah, He's the ultimate bad guy, isn't well, he? Well, so the ultimate bad guy is technically all for one, and you do see um, glimpses of him. He's... Yep. Oh, he's a Darth Vader-looking motherfucker? Yes, but he's yes. more of okay. the Emperor Palpatine. Yep. He would fit gotcha. that role better. Shigaraki would, being Vader, is a better uh, analogy. Oh, you know what? Another semi-anime I've watched a lot of is Miraculous. So he's like the Hawk Moth. Right. Well, actually, Hawk Moth does everything by himself, right? Right, but he sends people out to do his bidding. He very rarely fights Ladybug and Cat Noir. That's right. I knew their names. (laughs) (laughs) I will say that's not the case with Sugar Rock. I started to watch the new season of Miraculous, too, by the way, because I have a granddaughter. Elliot bounced because of the same thing, that it was just like, oh, my God, he's going to find out my secret. Oh, my God, she's going to find out my secret. But they love each other, and she's like, oh, my God, they just need to get together. And it's so, it can get so, the time travel episode of this recent season was so complicated, I got confused. The last season we watched was the one where it jumped forward in time, and Cat Noir uses Cataclysm to destroy all of Paris. And I was <laughs> and like, could just, it's, holy shit. It's bananas. <laughs> uh, this is going to dark. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, Ujiko uh, uh, creates society ruled by those with strong quirks, but while Ujiko gave him a copy of All for One's quirk. Now, All for One can take anyone's quirk. Right. And he keeps it for himself. He is the ultimate threat to the status quo and to society as it is. Right. So, is it, is it like a permanent stealing or he, temporary? He can like steal road? and lend. Okay. So, but, if, but if he takes my quirk, do I ever get it back or is it, it's gone? No, it's gone. It's his. Oh, wow. He oh, could, can give it to somebody else. Okay. Um, but the, but the but original host is, doesn't get it back. Right. Exactly. It's a complete thing. So it came through, and this is the other thing. So as, as long as we mentioned him. So All for One's quirk to acquire uh, eight more quirks. So All for One has altered nine in a way that allows him to hold more than one quirk. Um, this is kind of the ultimate goal. And I, I mean, you know. Anybody? Okay, so spoilers. Ultimately, uh, this is all because All for One's body is deteriorating. He's looking to create a new vessel for himself. That's a huge plot point going forward from this oh, point. Got okay. Someone else okay. who can who can absorb this power can kind of pick up his legacy and do what he wants. Um. So and and I don't know if you guys are. Okay, so either way, so his opposite is uh, one for all, which is the power that. Uh, all might holds, but I'm sure that'll that. get dis- maybe discussed later because I think they bring it up later when Midoriya exp- Deku explains where he got his powers from. Yep. Okay. Right. Nine needs a special cell activation quirk to cure himself of a terminal disease that worsened as a side effect of his modification. My, my note there was just the uh, 85% of the population. Mm. When Deku says that in the opening thing, I was like, sorry, say that again. To my face. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's... 85%. Yep. There's also a thing I think that gets covered later about how basically there's this this biological belief that you can't maintain that. Um, that there's going to... You're going to reach like a, uh, a terminal point with too many, too many quirks. And, and I'm trying to remember. And basically everyone will lose their quirk. I don't know. They have... And so the Scarlet Witch will come along and say no more quirks and they'll all go away. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I wanted to wait till we got into a little bit. You know, we've seen action, first fight. Um, first of all, uh, uh, this is an animated feature. Obviously. But yeah. I have this really strong belief. We talked about it at the end of season five when we did our um, Batman Beyond Return of the Joker, our first video episode. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know, I thought of it, Josh. You and I were talking yesterday about um, across the Spider Verse, right? Oh, yeah. You, oh, yeah. If you're doing an animated feature, use the fact that it's animation, right? Mm-hmm. Like you're not constrained by physics, by real world, even by things that would look weird in real world. Yeah. If I'm evaluating the action in the first fight, I mean, I got to give this thumbs up. Jack pointed this out in the watch, and he was 100% correct. The fights really get. More exciting as the movie progresses, they do a really good job of building the stakes and the conflict. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, I got to give them credit for that. I I think this is the perfect place. I think the challenge for this is we're watching an anime. And I feel like anime is such a polarizing media. Either Mm -hmm. you love it or you don't. Generally. Yeah, Yeah, I would agree. Right. Um, So... The setting here has got a really inter- interesting premise. Clearly, it, you know, what we saw on the screen in the movie, and Josh, you've alluded to more of it, the the writer has done a really good job of, like, exploring these questions that you would have in this interesting kind of world where 
85%, but not 100, have mm-hmm. these quirks. Um, you know, is it the art style? So if this was drawn in a Western-style animation, and I'm thinking of the difference between Teen Titans Go and Young Justice. Right. Right? Now, Teen Titans Go, I think, kind of like stealths some anime in because oh, it's for sure. so oh, comedic, yeah. right? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If this was drawn in the style of Young Justice, that what, you know, actually, right now, Jack and I, we just finished season one of Invincible. He's loving it. And I was talking about this with Jack, and he goes, Yeah, or if it was drawn like Invincible, I, yep. I'd be right into this because the crazy characters, their appearance, like, if you read the comics, I mean, that's it's no crazier than anything we saw in the comic book. So it's not that. I really think it's just that anime style is so polarizing. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. Thoughts? What, what do you think about that? Oh, no, I agree. But so I'll let Josh. No, no, it's, no I, I, <laughs> I, I overall also agree. I mean, that's what it comes down to. I mean, okay, so I, I still personally feel that Western audiences generally don't embrace animation necessarily as much as they could. I don't think they're as open to it. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of right. animation stuff is still, uh, I mean, Super Mario Brothers did great because kids went to see it, uh, you yeah, know, yeah. Um, across the Spider-Verse. Spider-Verse are kind of the exceptions for sure. I, I adore them. They don't do super overseas. They're, really? They're, they're box yeah, office compared yeah, to here, it, which is fascinating because you would think that especially culturally you have this such a this dynamic animation yeah, so yeah. action driven you would think Spider-Verse but i think that's maybe Spider-Verse is just too western it's too tied huh, to new Spider-Man. york it's yeah. too you know um hmm. you know ironically though Japanese Spider-Man started all the giant manga you know all the giant robot stuff that followed right which blows my he mind he was supposed to be in um across the Spider-Verse and i didn't see him I didn't very easy to uh, yeah I definitely didn't catch him either but yeah so it's always funny he's got that giant shooter yeah because I was always like where did giant robots come from and it was only like a couple years ago Japan using giant robots was something that that came from Japanese Spider-Man yeah Voltron (laughs) is the product of Japanese Spider-Man that just is weird to me even Power Rangers yeah and Power Rangers copied the same thing yeah all of them (laughs) well what was it over there what 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 were they all I know is that his catchphrase used to be, I am the emissary of Satan. Or yeah, It's insane. Oh the Power Rangers? No, no, Spider-Man. His oh. Spider-Man's thing oh, was... Oh, no, I'm talking about, oh, okay. I'm talking about the, what was, all, like, the original Power Rangers, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, Kimberly, Zach, Jason, yeah. all those guys. Yeah. They obviously, Super like... Super Saitan? You're talking about the Something like that. Yep, yep. Yes, thank you, thank yep. you. Super Saitan, yeah. Like the original couple, first probably four or five seasons, mm-hmm. they would just cut to Super Saitan when they were yeah, the Power and they Rangers. Yeah, they would just cut them in. Yeah. Was... And that's definitely generally why I watch it for the most part. When I do is the the action is so dynamic. The visual storytelling in anime is awesome when they get it we, right. We, we spent a good minute on when we did Return of the Joker, Batman Beyond, on the smoke. They hired Japanese animators to do all yeah. the explosions and the smoke when the Joker takes over yeah. the uh, satellite. Because it, I mean, at the end of this film, the showdown at the end when they're blowing shit up, I'm like God damn it, those explosions look fantastic. Yeah, yeah it's, you know if you really want to, and I, you don't have to watch the whole thing, but. There's kind of a joke in the anime world. So the other anime I watch is Demon Slayer, which is huge. Also had a huge theatrical release here. 
by the way, made a bunch of money, much like this did. <laughs> Demon Slayer's action, this, there's a, not this previous, this previous season was fine, but the season before, there's, there's kind of a joke going there, like, um, somebody will say, oh, for this new season of our show, we've up, we've increased our budget, and then somebody will do, like, a little anime, and the, the people who Demon Slayer, who do Demon Slayer pop in, they're like, you have a budget? Because <laughs> Demon Slayer's animation is incredible like you can get caught up in it you don't it's so kinetic the camera work really? the visuals i mean sony owns ufotable directly which is the company that does it and they just spare no expense when it comes to the visuals on but what's what's interesting about this theatrical movie is i believe this is the studio is called mappa mappa does regular they do day, they do week to week shows as well they, oh, they really? you know, not quite to this level, but the quality isn't all that different. It's it's insane what they are able to put out. I cannot imagine what their working conditions are. <laughs> it's best not to ask. Yeah, those that's things. right. Yeah, sometimes we heard what happened with across the spider. Yeah, I heard about that. Uh, just that's terrible. Yeah, we'll get to that when we get to that episode. Yeah. <laughs> All right, sorry about that. I took us on a little... Uh, no, no, but that's little, but, probably we're going to fill it out because yeah. it's a pretty we, short summary. Wait a minute. We tangent things? Yeah. <laughs> UA High's Class 1A has been sent to the remote Naboo Island as part of a winter semester safety program. First, uh, insert bad Jar Jar Binks joke here. Um, <laughs> okay. And second, you said it was summer. I know. and I, But they're yep. saying... They're saying it's winter, which makes makes yeah. sense. But is that why they're closing the beach? Um, I don't know. That I don't it's, know. Like they're putting up that huge sign like, no, the beach is closed. No, the beach, Read the sign. No, the mayor said the beach is open. Sorry. <laughs> that's for, <laughs> I see what that's what for Chuck. Oh. That's for Chuck. You know, I'm not right. sure on that. That's I didn't, for, I didn't honestly... I don't know if Chuck's made it this far into the episode. <laughs> he's getting, sure. yeah, no, he's, he's probably like, peace out. Yeah. This is a fucking cartoon. I'm out of here. <laughs> well, uh, Chuck, so... Josh, I don't know if you were there when Chuck shared this. It might have been before he sat with us. So he had he was way behind, and he was working hard to catch up before uh. he came up for Nerd Debate. So he got to our Conan episode, and he, as he's, oh, no, because he messaged us while he was listening. He's like, were yeah. you guys in costumes as you were recording this one? I was like, <laughs> that's hateful. We weren't, <laughs> but that doesn't mean we couldn't be, so how right. dare you? That's right. I would not have been. <laughs> Now, Izuku Midoriya, the current, uh, who we're going to call Deku from the, from the rest fine. of this. Yeah. yeah. The current wielder of One for All meets Mahoro Shimano and her younger brother Katsuma, residents of the island. Despite some hostility from the sister, Deku. Why is he called Deku? We already yep, went okay. over it. Bonds with them. Oh, so, again, I had Jack next to me. So he told me Deku was an insult. And that's what Bakugo, who was originally his bully. Yep. Called him to like bully him, and then he kind of reclaimed it to take power. I was like, okay, yeah. Oh, he Obama cared. He Obama cared it, hundred percent. Deku bonds with them along with his rival Katsuki Bakugo. We yeah. all have notes here. Yep. Yeah. Mine is he has some anger management issues, and I think we've talked about <laughs> just that. a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. Go ahead, Josh. The rival. I just figure I would I would insert yeah. as needed. The rival, especially in shonen manga, is the trope. The best example is Dragon Ball Z. So Dragon Ball Z, the primary character is Goku, and his primary rival is Vegeta. It is sorry, say that. Yeah. Say that I, okay, so the again. primary, so the primary guy, the guy you see on a Dragon Ball. Show, no, no, I got yeah. that. I got that. His, 
What was the what was the bad guy's name? Vegeta. I'm positive I'm not hearing that right. No, it's not what you thought, Casey. It's not what, what you I thought. thought. Yeah. You're fucking with me. Oh, I'm not. Oh my god. So that is that okay. is. I'm just saying the the are these guys are mirroring mirroring basically Horikoshi. Everybody loved Dragon Ball Z, so they're mirroring that relationship where it is at first a rivalry and a and you know they don't like each other, they want to become the, you know, very strong obsession with, I want to be the strongest, I want to be the best, I want to be the greatest. So this is this is just, you know, to call them as rivals is correct. That is a thing where rivals become fast friends, uh, brothers in arms, so on and so, so forth. So what you're saying is they want to be the very Absolutely. best. Absolutely. Like no one ever yeah. was. Um, except to conquer except them he didn't... is their quest to train them is their yeah, there is an electric guy in this so that's possible. I did also want to go back the Nabu yeah. Island is I don't know if it's the name of a real island however okay. Star Wars illusions um, Horikoshi a big Star Wars guy uh, oh. when so that's got to be part yeah, of it, yeah when um, uh, Deku first gets his power from uh, All Might All Might trains him uh, but they meet near the Tatooine district. It's like Tatooine oh, Beach or something right. like they that. They sure yeah. do. Yeah. He, he, oh, he sticks in Star Wars all the time. That's awesome. Which that's is fun. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So I will be referring to Bakugo as uh, William Zekaname because he is definitely Johnny Lawrence from. Um, <laughs> From Karate Kid. Okay, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Oh, I got yeah, you. Got, me. got Todd Good. Yeah, got you got me. That one. <clears throat> you got me. But like, I think it's like the scene where everyone else is like, "Yeah, let's go get him." He's like, "Let's kill those bastards!" I'm like, "Whoa, <laughs> sit down, William Zaka." You have a problem with that? Put him in a body Mr. Bag. Deku. But remember, in Karate Kid, though, to be fair, I mean, Danny is the bad guy the whole time. One hundred percent. He he never. He could have just sat down and shut up, but he always antagonized him. I don't blame Cobra Kai at all. <laughs> Hashtag Cobra Kai did nothing wrong. <laughs> this is why you would love How I Met Your Mother. Neil Patrick Harris's character totally thinks the Karate Kid was William Zabka, star pupil of the Cobra Kai dojo, whom this monster defeated with a cheap, illegal head kick in the most tragically haunting film ending of all time. Earlier in the match, Johnny gets a point taken away for doing the exact same thing. And even as a kid, I'm like... to the face, yeah. We're just going to ignore this because he's a good guy. So, Cobra Kai definitely goes off the rails. Move it along, guys. Bakugo, uh, so uh, he bonds with... Excuse me. What's his yeah, name? I, listen, Bakugo. Yeah, yeah Bakugo's... Oh, yeah, Bakugo's... William Zapkanada. Yeah, Bakugo's Zap actually a little bit easier than that. Bak- yeah, it is. Yeah, that's, the, that's what I'm saying. Um... And uh, Deku discovers that Kusuma wishes to become a hero, although Mahoro seeks to dissuade him, fearing for his safety. Meanwhile, Mahoro and Katsuma's father is attacked by Nine's group, and his quirk is taken. But the quirk is incompatible with Nine's blood type. Um, this moment, the the stealing of the quirk very much, and, and I'm wondering if this is intentional now, knowing that he's a... Uh, it's a Western file, but um, very much felt like Highlander for me. Like the the whole oh. imagery, you know, even like the, the the lightning reaching up to the sky. That was my immediate thought. Yeah, um, I'm not and, clear if sure. that is a yeah. Nine's power. I feel like his base power is what. So I actually, yeah, his base power is yeah, weather. I, that says that, and earlier. I didn't get to mention this earlier. One thing that they do in the show consistently, and, and my kids can definitely attest to this because whenever I watch an episode and they haven't. A character with an element or nature base, 
mm-hmm. and you see it later, but you briefly see it on the beach scene when the guy, hey, uh, he says to Todoroki, the, the kid with the half white, half uh, red hair, he's yep. like, I need some more ice. And he just quickly creates this huge thing of ice. Now, Todoroki in the actual show will create in a split second waves of ice that are bigger than buildings in Tokyo. Yeah, like yeah. Th- it's massive. Whenever they do the elemental stuff, they have no regard for balance. And I feel like <laughs> sometimes in Western ones, I'm just like, I'm pretty sure you just create a weather, like you've disrupted weather on the rest <laughs> of the planet. You've caused a drought in uh, and, and the it's, Western I always Europe. find that yeah. fascinating. There's no holding back when it comes to any of their elemental stuff. They're burning at this, you know, temperature of a sun and flying through the city and melting the glass. <laughs> and it's no big deal. <laughs> Everything's fine. Josh is nine in the. Series before he is this not. movie, okay, he is so a, he, he's a movie. He appears villain. in this movie. Okay, yep. so he's Mewtwo. Yeah, he is. He's actually <laughs> very Mewtwo is very apt and yeah. probably not a mistake. Yeah. Uh, now learning, <laughs> he's the same color. Right. So again, we're using the Wikipedia plot summary. Whoever yeah. wrote this just didn't check this. I think they mean to say leaving the man's children in Naboo or learning of the man's children in Naboo. They theorize sure. that one of them would have been the right blood type. Well, I think this is a good time to point out that this was written by actual people and not AI, <laughs> which is still a good <laughs> right. thing. thing. Yeah. We want things written right. by individuals. Yeah, no, totally. Though this went into the AI brain, and at some point someone's going to ask him to do a summary for this movie, and AI is going to pull that mistake. That's right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a big aggregate. Um, I did want to point out it's fascinating, and I don't know all the ins and outs, but blood type is a big deal in Japan. Um, both huh. innocuously and also used, uh, not shockingly, as anything that builds up in a society as a way to discriminate against others. Yeah. I, you know, I wish we had, and Josh, I, I don't know if this is an area of expertise for you. I, mm. I would love to know someone with more familiarity with Japanese culture. So this is the third thing you've mentioned that I wonder to what extent this is represented. Because we've talked many times on, on our podcast that, you know, this idea that comics really reflect the 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 social fabric of the time right like mm-hmm. you know they're very often you know marvel comics especially you know during the civil rights era there was lots of similar things we talked about the x-men uh themes earlier so you talked about um the consistent view of the villains is the desire to remake sh- society mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. the yep. second one being this this common trope of the the kind of mirror twin or not mirror twin, but like the, the, the rival that you have to form an understanding with, right. You have to find a way to work with them. Um, and now blood type. So I, I, if, if any of our listeners know, I would love to know to what extent do any of those three questions are, are those kind of, um, deeply important questions in Japanese culture. I'd be, well, I'd I mean, I do that. know that um, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty certain that right now Japan is suffering under a big, you know, as, as a huge loneliness epidemic. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I know that's a big thing. The youth hmm. feel, you know, there's, there's like authorities have to go in and get them to leave their houses. Uh, it's, 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 you know, it's difficult uh, in, in the way that their overall culture forms. And, and we already have difficulties expressing, but their culture generally, I think, isn't as open to expression. Mm-hmm. Sure. And it's, it's, it's yeah. a difficult thing there. So somebody writing about rebuilding everything, you know, especially if they're on the younger side, they're going to see something isn't right. So I, I, it's probably reflective of that, especially because Japan has always had a struggle with tradition versus, you know, the, uh, you know, Western occupation, post-war rebuild. Sure. Um, yeah. I think it's called the Shigawa. 
I might be wrong. I think it's a Shikawa era or something. So it's this weird where they kind of straddle the line. So rebuilding society and maybe stabilizing, I could see that maybe being a regular thing, a regular theme. Hmm. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. All right. Hey, look, you'll learn stuff about, uh, you'll learn stuff in podcasts, right? I mean, sure. Uh, to be fair, we're like, we don't know a whole lot about this. Somebody else answer. No, it. for but, sure. But we're ge- we're going to give a voice to uh, a more expert opinion. Yeah. Someone. I was going to make a joke about it. I nearly worked at Universal Studios Japan. So <laughs> did you really? I, yeah, I did. That's cool. I was I was up uh, for Frankenstein's Monster in the Beetlejuice Rock and Roll musical review. Oh. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm lowering my voice. She knows this. Uh, I didn't go because Danny and I's relationship was new enough sure. that... Wouldn't know if that would yeah. rock the boat too far, yeah. but not new enough that it's like, well, we had a good run him off to Japan for 18 months. <laughs> um, right. Uh, gentleman that, KCL, I'm sure you must have worked with maybe when you were a Jizai, who I met through Aubrey, uh, Larry Koch, worked for a number of years in Disney World yes. Japan in Lion King. He was never a Caiaphas to my Jesus. Uh, he was gone. But I do have a re- uh, bootleg recording of him on tour with Ted Neely mm. that also has a guy I went to college with playing Pontius Pilate. And I was like, oh, like Larry Koch showed up. I'm like, oh, I, I recognize that face, I, you know, yeah. from Syracuse Theater. And all of a sudden, this other guy that I went to college with shows up as pilot. And I was like, what the fuck is happening? <laughs> Why are you in this bootleg that I... That's right. <laughs> Got off of YouTube. The GZI multiverse. That's mm-hmm. <laughs> pretty much. All right. All right. Is it my no, turn? It's your turn. Yeah. No, wait. No. Learning of the man's. Do we talk yeah, about, we talk about blood yeah, type? Yeah, we sure did. Hey, Casey. Okay. We're, in the, we're in the podcast. Yeah. That's fine. <laughs> well, I didn't get to ask my question. Oh, what is your question? Because I kind of. Okay, go ahead. What's your question? How? How do they. It's, it's, it's like in Star Trek 4 when they're like, the only way to save Earth is time travel. It's like, well, clearly it's got to be blood type. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Like, it is so just I agree. completely washed over. I agree. Because, and I almost wonder if I went back and watched the subtitled, if it might be a bit clearer. Oh, that's a good point. Because the subtitle dialogue is different. Um, I am... Sure. This is one of the better dubs. I usually like to listen to their... Uh, usually like to listen to the dub... I usually like to watch the dub version if I watch My Hero Academia. Um, mm-hmm. The mm-hmm. other ones I mentioned, Jujutsu Kaisen and Demon Slayer. Demon Slayer even more so. Do not listen to the dub. The acting for the Demon Slayer <laughs> dub is rough. Um, but... You usually are going to get maybe details that'll get lost. They may they may have clarified in it. I cannot remember though. Got it. Okay. Got it. Nine's gang arrives on the island and destroys all means of escape and communication. Class One A learns of the invasion and splits up the t- to stop the villains and protect the island residents. So I really like, and I was trying to find where the heck I found his name for a split second. The the wolf. Oh, Chimera. Ch- Chimera. Chojuro? Mm-hmm. Chojuro. Chimera. Yeah, I go by Chimera and him. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I really like him. Uh, again, maybe same. Yeah. That is my note. Chimera is my favorite. Is he really? I totally love Chimera. Yeah. Because his powers just make no and sense. He's fantastic. a wolf, but he has a snake I, like, tail. I don't Chimera. care. And I don't care. I'm he's a mix of, yeah, he's a mix of three different animal-like powers, so... Yep. As, yeah. as but why does he breathe fire? Why does he breathe a chimera? Can't why wouldn't he? Why wouldn't he? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Listen, Dungeons and Dragons nerd, shut the <laughs> fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Maybe it's because Jack and I are just watching Invincible, but 
I was like, oh, it's Battle Beast. Yeah, it's Battle Beast. Yeah, right. Yeah, well, it's probably the association, yeah. Um, oh, I should point out Class 1A is that they go to a school called UA, which is essentially like... Xavier's Xavier's college. I mean, it's a bigger, it's a bigger place. It's a more involved institution. There's uh, a class one B. Are they the sidekicks? Their power scale is lower. I'm sorry, um, hero support. Sorry. Yeah, hero support. Yeah, yes, hero exactly. support. Come well, on. I think they actually call it. No, they don't do the sidekick thing here, per se. They, what they Hero support in this exists, but it's for um, the Tony Starks of the world. You know, oh, the people that are technological. Oh. They create, like, so there's the the uh, the fast guy in this, the one with the armor. That was created by hero support. Like okay. the helmet that he puts on. So that's a, that's a different set of schools. So Got it. The super nerdy guy that ends up. Having the coolest looking costume, mm-hmm. yeah, Ida, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Ida, yeah. Thank you. So that leads me into my note that I just remembered her. So Ida decides he like takes charge at this moment. He's like, we need to split into two groups. But then he goes, these six people go here, <laughs> these four people go here, and these seven people go here. I'm like, hey, dum dum, that's three. <laughs> Well, Casey with the math, it's not two. Yay. It's not two. I'm, I, again, I'm going to say maybe oh, the subtitles are dare you. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Oh, oh, but <laughs> that like, won't give him that one. May, I just feel like they were like he was recording. He's like, "We'll split them into two groups," and he's watching it. He's like, "Hey, my guy just counted out three groups. Should we go back?" I'm like, no, 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 we don't. Yeah, time. that's probably. I, I'll accept that. <laughs> but you know, that's the problem sometimes, right? Between translation and and interpretation, right? Yeah. It could have been a word that maybe meant multiple, and it was translated as two when the interpretation was really. Let's split into multiple groups. groups. It, yeah, it could have yeah, just been yeah. let's yeah. split into groups. Yeah. And then he exactly. could have. Yeah. 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 <laughs> then, then, dear person who edited this movie, just cut out the word yeah. too. Yeah. It's pretty simple. Yeah. Okay. So, Nine finds the children and confirms Katsuma and possesses the quirk. He seeks Midoriya, uh, uh, but Midoriya intervenes. Nine ends up greatly overpowered by, uh, greatly overpowering Midoriya. With his multitude of quirks, even with the uh, you, you, you can't even say you yours. can it's say too go ahead. Say William Zakaname is William Zakaname. <laughs> Though I will say, during that, they do do a fastball fastball special. Essentially, they do the one hundred percent. They do. Yeah, I was like, whoa, that was cool. Yeah, <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> yes, I I used to call it the speedball special, and I oh, didn't that's realize a, that was not that, that's something a different thing. Do. No. Well, <laughs> that's a some, thing. some people want to do it. We don't sure. recommend it, but some people yes. want to do and it. And rest in peace, John Belushi and uh, Chris oh, Farley. Oh, <laughs> how dare uh, yep. you? How dare you? Just stating facts mm-hmm. here, man. Uh, and they're taken out of commission. However, Nine is forced to fall back after overusing his quirks. Which is a thing they build in. It is an interesting thing that they build in. So they do have these quirks that can do incredible things, but they do outwardly say there is a limit, which sometimes I wish the X-Men did a little bit more often. What Begin. What is the gaming system that you want us to try, Josh, that has this power comes with a cost? Oh, well, that's that's for... That, I don't think we can discuss that yet. Have we talked about it? Oh, I don't... Talk about cost of power? Know. Price of power? Well, yeah, yeah, well, yeah, I mean, it's... I don't, a, I don't remember this on the pod, no, 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 on your a, pod, a, so no, let's no, cut no, that. No, 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 we've talked off, like, like in are our game. Are you talking about the group. one Talon and I are going to come up with? Uh, well, well, not specific to that, but... Oh, okay. We can, but you have talked about your 
your love of the idea that there is no power without cost. There so are yes, yes, for sure. I, I feel like I I want to see a role playing game or any, you know a game where when the wizard comes in and does the fireball, he's exhausted. I yep. like the idea. I always like the idea that you know everyone else gets. I think it helps other people game wise get a chance to shine. Sure. Well, wasn't that wasn't that kind of the only cool thing in Aragon? Like he got his power from uh, his dragon, but if never, he used never too much of it, it. I've he, never seen it. Yep. Okay. I mean, <laughs> if you say so. <laughs> I seem to remember, like there, because I, I, it stuck out to me. Because in the book, it's like two pages of explaining, like you could channel the magic, and mm-hmm. and if you use too much, you'll kill your dragon. If you use too too much, you'll die too. And this whole stuff. And in the movie, he's like, and it's actually it's Ed Spieler as is Aragon. Oh, okay. Um, and he's like, how did I just do this magic? And his mage, who is uh, Jeremy Irons, is like, uh, your dragon. Anyways, and they just move on to the next thing. <laughs> like, wait, hang on. You, there's more rules there. That's yeah, no. Real, I, it's, go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. That movie, <laughs> that movie angered me so much. Go ahead, Todd. Uh, Josh, uh, so Casey, I know you don't know this, but uh, Josh, that was one of the things that I really loved about The Dark Sun world mm-hmm. setting this idea that magic use so casey magic users e- like evil wizards basically drew from the life like the life energy of the planet itself so if they cast a spell like saruman the white yeah, yeah. like the plants around them and stuff would die because it because it was literally that it was it was that yeah. specific like oh yeah you want this power Isengard. it's coming yeah. from somewhere yeah exactly yeah. Yeah, yeah i i love the i love well, the, the cost of power idea, the idea that you can't just sure. do and D and D that is part of the problems for a lot of people in D and D sometimes is that like these incredible things aren't so incredible if you can do them all the time to quote Mr. Incredible. Yeah. If everyone's special, then nobody is. Yeah. that's. that's uh, first of all, that was syndrome. syndrome. Yeah, that? that's, right. that's right. Point um, of order. Nerd fight. I think doesn't no, Mr. Incredible say nope. it as well. Nope. Uh, it, it would nope. be, it would be the, the kind of the mirror you know the mirror image uh, trope if they did, but I, I swear I think he, of syndrome. Doesn't he utter? All right, well, I know syndrome says it. That's fine. Okay. <laughs> I just <laughs> all right. Yeah, okay. Combat, exploration, and role play. These are known as the three pillars of play that make every game of Dungeons and Dragons exciting, tense, and rewarding. But we believe there's another pillar to the world's greatest role playing game, and that fourth pillar is creation. Are you a dungeon master who has always wanted to create your own monsters, execute your own adventures, design your own challenges, spells, classes, and lineages? That is what we here at the Fourth Pillar of Play, a Night Shift radio production, are doing. Learning game design by designing games. We are not professionals. We are enthusiastic amateurs, just like many of you. So join us as we review and discuss information by professional game designers and put theory into practice by creating new worlds, new monsters, and new opportunities for heroic players. I'm Josh. And I'm Talon. Join us at the fourth pillar of play, available wherever you download your podcasts or visit us at www.fourthpillarofplay.com. And we look forward to creating with you. Allowing class A1 to save Midoriya, uh, and um, I keep forgetting it because I'm reading that, uh, William Zapkane, uh, yep. <laughs> uh, and uh, 
Chimano's yeah. Mano's Hands of Fate. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> That's great. Uh, after A1 <laughs> regroups, I disagree. Uh, after A1 regroups, they deduce that Y9 wants Katsuma. Uh, after he uses after he uses his quirk to heal Midoriya and uh, it, if you have to think you should just <laughs> no it's you you keep throwing me off because every time he comes up you put your head down William Zapkaname okay. aka Bakugo <laughs> they decide to prepare to fight the villains while awaiting the arrival of the other heroes. Don't worry, Todd. That's the that's the only thing I'm reading that's tonight. You're so. good. Yeah, you're good. All right. <laughs> you don't have Josh to worry about this. me. Don't uh, worry, we're good. Say it anymore. <laughs> Hopefully, hang on. I'm making it closer for me because I can't read it that, as far away as I am. Um, let's see. After evacuating uh, the islanders to a small island, the class successfully separate and. Um, separate and then it's nine and his gang. I really do think their plan is good. Yeah. I, yeah, I, agree. I, I really like, like the plan. Let's wear him down. Yada, yada. The, I also noticed every time we get a plan, it's a very mature, more mature plan than you typically get in superhero movies. Like you've got the attack, the assault team and like the evac and rescue team, but then they also have reserves. I'm like, it's a very mature concept. Any modern war fighting, like reserves are a significant component of a plan right that is your ability to adjust on the fly that's where your reserves go so i was impressed by their planning throughout the episode throughout the movie yeah. to be honest with the you. one thing too when they when they fall back to the island and they make the plan and all that that i do like is and it's something that doesn't get explored all that much i like that each of them also takes their time to take care of the community like they're involved in the medicine and the feeding yeah. The lightning guy is fixing the tractor. Yeah, but even after when in this yeah. in this in this era that everyone's trying to do something, you know, being a superhero is a different job to them by Western standards. I don't see usually. I don't see like Tony Stark administering medical care directly that type right. of thing. And I think that's that's a cool. That's what that's the kind of the stuff about the overall idea that I like. I like the idea of showing the heroes doing something other than just punching things. So it's not here. Who's the goofy guy? That they use as like the lightning rod. Okay, so that is Kaminari. Because <laughs> I chuckled out loud. <laughs> I can't remember what he said, but when they revealed him to be like the lightning rod and stuff, I can't remember what he said. He's like, I'm in a lot of pain. Yeah, <laughs> I can't remember what it was. It made me, I was like, that was funny. That was a good line read. Um, a little thanks, maybe. <laughs> it was just a great part period. So Kaminari, Kaminari's weakness is if he overuses his power, he basically fries his brain and becomes dull. Yeah. Yes. He becomes a yes. dum-dum. So if he uses <laughs> that, it too much. That's literally how Jack explained oh. it to me. That was literally it. Oh, yeah. my God. I love it so much. Um, so later on, he will get a support item that helps him kind of dilute his power so he's able to use it longer. Okay. Um, gotcha. Which is pretty cool. But, no, that part was a great use of him because I was just like, man, they should have. I remember watching it going, man, they really should have been fried by that lightning. That's maybe a fourth question in terms of how does this connect to Japanese society? This idea that it's baked in with nine, like everything that like this common recurring theme that there is a cost to power. There is a price to be paid for Mm -hmm. these abilities. I'm just, I'm so curious how that might connect to Japanese society. So again, right. if any of our listeners know, please let us uh, you know, right. enlighten us. Yeah, yeah. Uh, where was I? Uh, separate nine and his gang. This is where I said it was a good plan. Um, yeah. 
uh, with each being defeated by the students. This leads to the coolest fight, which is the one when Todoroki, the ice guy, yes, uh, ends up. Yes. <laughs> That was so cool. The way they set that all up and you're like, oh, their chances missed, but then they each put their bodies in between each of the attacks and they're like, do it. And then he just freezes them from the core all the way up. And then my daughter next to me, well, straight up murdered that guy. <laughs> I totally thought they did too. But then at the end, he's being taken out in handcuffs. Yeah. I was like, well, Wade, he should be dead. He, he yeah. says hibernate for a while. Like, so I, I guess that's the yeah. clue that you yeah, didn't Yeah, but him. that's G.I. Joe the movie that's Duke died, but they add a line of dialogue that he didn't die because all the parents wrote in about Optimus Prime Optimus dying Prime. in the yeah. Transformers the movie. Yep. And they're like, uh, Duke didn't die, he's fine. But, but yeah, no, the conflict with Chimera is the cool. The, he's just cool, and that whole fight yeah. is good, and the way they do it. But the whole thing, like, this is very representative, right? They do... A wonderful job of building the stakes throughout the, f- the each fight. Mm-hmm. You know, like again, if it wasn't for the anime style, like I like what's happening here. The moment when Nine says, if "Only I could take the cell activation quirk, then I'd be fine. I wouldn't have to hold back." Rut row, Shaggy, like that. This like, <laughs> like, wait, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> I don't- also. And I will say classic anime trope. Okay. That he's been holding back. That there's always, there's another level. Um, and and yeah, so no, that was great. But the fight with Chimera was definitely the part I wanted. I just, that's just the coolest fight. Yeah, it's, it's that he is not left-handed. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Yes. Well played. Right. Well played. I think I might have dogs coming soon. Okay. Yeah, totally. It's 908. Not sure. Yeah, no okay, so they, they'll be here soon. Well, um, if we get little work works, that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, however, Nine is successfully able to incapacitate all remaining students and once again overpowering Midoriya and Bakugo by ingesting quirk-empowering fluids threatening to destroy the island. Uh, now again, despite the fact I would not call myself an anime fan, and I'm I'm not going to watch this movie again, but, I, 100, but 100% <laughs> mm-hmm. honest... I am in emotionally invested in this story at this point. I am yeah. I am 100% all in on this. Yeah. Okay, so seeing no other way to defeat Nine, Midoriya transfers one for all into Bakugo. Uh while he uses the leftover while he himself uses the leftover embers. Um so I'm going to take a moment to explain. Yeah. So when so when All Might initially gives uh, Midoriya the power, nobody who gets that power is able to handle all that power at once. They have to build their way up. And because of it, whoever was the previous older uh, holder of it holds on to embers. They're still able to be a hero, essentially, until the other one is ready to fully take on the role of the holder of One for All. Yep. So the, Midoriya knows this. And so he knows, because Midoriya he's been, is... He's been working at 20%. Through the whole movie. Yes. Yep. He can only handle so much. Yeah. Um, and in the early episodes of the show, I mean, his fingers break, his arms break, just the, his body cannot contain the power. Um, but th- this also does go back to Deku is just like one of the most moral characters. Mm-hmm. Like he's constantly driven to do the right thing, no matter what, even, you know, at the sacrifice of his own things. And I couldn't help but think, you know, Captain America could convince this kid with a speech yeah. to lay down his weapons. <laughs> <laughs> Immediately, <it> was a, <laughs> this kid would totally go for it, and um, totally <laughs> the kid has a half a brain. He would, yeah, hundred percent. So yeah, so he transfers all the power to Bakugo um, using leftover embers. Together, Midoriya and Bakugo finally defeat Nine, and Midoriya is one for all, seemingly uh, fading afterwards. So Casey, I'll let you have your comment. My, I do have a comment after this, and it's a little bit involved, but it is pretty good. And it, <laughs> oh, I what, go ahead. 
What I was just going to say is there's just this ginormous buildup to uh, Deku and... Oh, just um, kiss already, right? <laughs> yeah, just just touch hands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. just do it. Uh, sweep, sweep the leg, William Deck anime. Um, yeah. <laughs> got it in one more time. One more time. <laughs> yeah, um, but holy cow, when, when the two of them combine and... Holy shit, this is some of the most amazing fight sequences I've mm-hmm. seen in animation. Yeah, agree. Yeah. The use of music in this in these series yeah. I think is always awesome and the way they decide to go quiet mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. for this insane visual overload spectacle is yeah. a really cool, but, interesting. Like, very if, smart. If yeah. you're yeah. doing an animation, use the media you have. You are not constrained mm-hmm. by real world, use it and holy cow, they really really do. Yeah, they just go for it. It's unbelievable. So now this is the story that I have to tell because I watched this with my whole family. We we all saw this at the theaters. Gotcha. And I was so glad earlier, Todd, that you used the word you were emotionally invested. Yeah. So uh, Cora, oh, no. my youngest, yep. Casey, you don't know Cora, but Todd does. Yep. When we're in the theaters, Cora is watching this and Cora is so invested in these characters, right? And when all this happens, so so when Midoriya turns to Bakugo and just like, no, there's only one thing I can do. And when my daughter realizes what Midoriya is going to do in the theater, no. I mean, she yeah. is emote because she knows this is the end. Of, now, oh, no. begins to inconsolably cry oh. for the entire thing. She is so emotionally connected oh, to this character. I totally thought Deku was biting it. I was like, totally. oh, wow, they're writing out this character. Okay. And it, it, that's totally what... And she, it was funny because she was like, and I knew better, but she just got so... I mean, at the theaters, the emotional response was insane. I mean, she just crying. I'm like patting her back. I'm like, are you okay? And it's a <laughs> moon. And I'm like, yeah. and it's okay. I, sure. I, I am envious of anyone who can get so emotionally involved in... Yeah. In any kind of media, it's like I just—it's cathartic, right? It's like Greek, it's like Greek tragedy, right? Like it, it's summoning yeah. up real emotions, right, from this thing we're seeing yeah. in front of us. Yeah. And I generally yeah. don't usually get that feeling from watching stuff too often, but she's. So here's the funny yeah, thing. That was me too. Um, <laughs> and years ago, yeah. and then here we are watching it again last night, and it hits her again. She completely goes back and Come she's on. crying again. Oh, I Come love that. You know, and and now she's like 19, but she I just love Cora. Just such a connection to these characters and the journey that, you know, watched it, you know, yeah. the, has read the manga, the whole thing. And it was great to see that emotional response. But I think you get that response, which is why I draw it, because they go with the quiet music. And because they kind of take yeah. it down and you have time for your emotions to breathe if you know these characters and you're invested. Yeah. As the professional heroes arrive, All Might finds an unconscious Bakugo in Midoriya and realizes that One for All remains within Midoriya as the transfer into Bakugo was interrupted. And he theorizes that the previous wielders of One for All wished for Midoriya to keep it. Elsewhere, Tamura mm-hmm. Shig- uh, Shigar- Shigaraki finds and kills the weakened Nine out of spite vowing to do what he failed to do. With Nine's gang apprehended, including Chimera, mm-hmm. the class helped... Alive and well. Right. The class helps repair the damage done to the island before returning home. Midoriya and Bakugo, who had lost the memory of wielding one for all, say goodbye to Katsuma and Mahoro as Midoriya assures Katsuma he can become a hero just like All Might had done for him previously. Right, which is like a running theme. And, yeah. you know, even though you don't have a power, you can be a hero, that type of thing. That's right. So. Yeah. And, that and did, that's why I'm a... Oh, go, ahead. No, no. go ahead, Josh. No, it's okay. No, no, because... Yeah. Oh, I was just going to say Midoriya. So part of the reason 
just quick. So part of the reason Midoriya came up with the plan and it was so effective um, was because he had up to that point essentially resigned himself to thinking he wasn't going to have a quirk. So right. uh, that strategic mind was going to be kind of how he got around in the world. So when he got superpowers and they're going through classes and they're learning how to use their gifts, um, it's a bigger, it, it, it's, he's, he's got a leg up. Sure. Sure. Um, he has an advantage and it obviously shows and they always turn to him for a plan and how to fix things. So Nice. Oh, and I just want to take a moment real quick. Next season, will they will be introducing... Now, All Might is technically Japan's number one hero. Okay. Um, next season, they introduce... Gosh, I'm going to get her name wrong. Star and Stripe? Star? Maybe Star Stripe? The America's number one hero. Okay. And... Her ability is to make one rule. So basically, she comes in and tells somebody within a field yeah. she can make a new law or a new rule, and they have to obey it, like, breathing will kill you. So she's very overpowered, but I think it's a hilarious metaphor that she just comes in and tells sure. other people what to do. So hang on one second. Star and Here come stripe. my dogs. Yeah, star and yep, stripe. Star and stripe. Yep. Yep. All right, guys. Come on. Uh, there's, 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 that, there's Enola. Hi, Enola. Hi, honey. Yes, go. This is this is going as well as I thought. It would. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> totally fine. Totally there fine. We go. Get in there, Noah. There we go. Thank you, Rowan. Yup. Yup. Okay. There. All right. Anyway, I guess we're to the end. Go ahead. Right. Well, I guess that brings us to. Uh... <laughs> Wait, you were? Did you have anything else to say about Stars and Stripes? No, no. she's just—it's hilarious metaphor for <laughs> for America, America coming yeah. in yeah. and bossing yeah. everyone around. Wait, she, like, does America go to other countries and tell them what to do? <laughs> yeah, yeah, a little bit. I mean, huh. it is it is the most unsubtle metaphor. <laughs> she just so first of all, she flies around with a squadron of stealth bombers, and she <laughs> rides she on one. She stands on one, and sure. she will order hypersonic missile blasts into Japanese air. It's uh, it's a great fight, hilarious. and when it gets animated. It's going to be amazing because I read the manga version. It's going to look incredible because the fight is amazing. The The rule she comes up with is awesome because Shigaraki has multiple quirks in him. And she just has this great thing where she says that you your quirks cannot exist together. Oh. That's oh. the rule. That's the last rule. And so he starts to tear himself apart from the inside. It's a very cool idea. Uh, that, the ideas oh. are so cool, but it's hard. You know, like yeah. you said, Casey, there's all this... The, the plots and the ideas are great, but it's just all of this. Well, let's re-explain. Let's talk about what we're going to do. Before I do that punch, I'm going to tell you why that punch is going to matter. You know? <laughs> yeah. Oh, there's. Yeah. Oof. It's the same thing that frustrates talent. You know, and it, and it's one of those things where, like, this is just a medium that I enjoy many parts of. I was a big Cowboy Bebop fan. That was That's probably my favorite. Not the Netflix show. <laughs> the the jazzy animated limited 28 episodes um, 28 episode show, which I would have anybody watch because it doesn't have any of this weird, <laughs> any of the weirder stuff. It's just a really cool. Anyway, we're not here to talk about Cowboy that's Bebop, that's but right. that's my favorite. No, I think what we're going to say right now is and movie. Oh, right. so uh, Josh, thanks for bringing us this. So that is a movie, and yeah. that means we've got some questions. That we're going to pose to our guests. Hey, Josh. Yeah. Uh, who was your favorite character? Oh, Chimera. Yeah. Oh. He's just. Yeah, he was pretty badass. <laughs> yeah. He's like, I want more of this guy. I, <laughs> yeah, totally. I think Chimera as well. Yeah. Yeah. He's 100%. He's oh, all right. 
Uh, Josh, what is the best scene in the movie for you? No, once again. Um, I all right. So I was since I already discussed the Chimera one. Yep. Um, you know, same thing. I think maybe possibly for you guys when they share the uh, power. And the animation just goes so all out, you know, the molten lava, the explosions, Bakugo's power getting magnified to this apocalyptic level. I mean, yeah, that was awesome. 100%. Yeah, yeah. that was the best part yeah. of the movie. Yeah. I was like, oh, shit, this just kicked it up six notches. Mm -hmm. Holy cow. It, it's the climax. And if they if it's not, then they've messed up. But they don't right. because, yeah, by the time we get to that point, we're ready for it. 100%. Yeah. Yep. yeah. Uh, Josh, uh, one scene that you would cut. God, I don't know if there's room to cut all that much. Yeah. That's the tough part. If you cut something, it's going to be confusing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, I don't know that that would hurt all that much. Um, you could... Maybe you could probably get away with cutting the first introduction of the kids. And just yeah. go okay. to them making a call at night and Bakugo and Midoriya going to handle it. You'd get the same... You'd get the same. You could do the same thing by removing the initial prank from the kids, but you wouldn't be introduced to Hawks as a uh, an Hawks American audience. Actually, Hawks is actually cool. In the he's, he's just cool. He's just a cool, dude. Yeah, uh, uh, resident detective. I got some real Batman vibes from him. That is kind of his thing, but his you know he can shoot wing. You know he can of course yeah his, yeah. But you know the, his feathers can go off and he can control them each telekinetically, pick people up, do all kinds. Oh, of I missed stuff. that. Oh, okay. yeah. Well, I, I he doesn't do that, it in yeah. that. He doesn't oh, do that. It does in the show. Yeah, that was no, the first. He, that was the thing much, too. Hawks premiered on the movie before he did the show. Yeah, oh, that's why I said yeah. Yep. Yeah. So I, I'm sure audiences was like, "Who's this guy?" <laughs> right, yeah. but not that particular audience. <laughs> they all know. Yeah. I would, yeah, I, I would want to cut something, but so maybe that's it. There, uh, also, and again, I think there's some cultural differences here. Um, the whole call center thing where they're taking, I lost my right. luggage. It yeah. just, it seems weird to us, and I'm sure that's a cultural thing. So yeah, and I um, think they're, they, yeah. I think at least in part, maybe they were a little heavy-handedly going. We're just okay. So here's the biggest, one of the biggest things with my, my hero academia, and. Kind of shown in animes in general. We for you need to tell me that they're kids because I always forget they're kids. They don't That's put fair. them in kid situations ever, uh, you know, and that can be problematic in numerous ways. But like, I think that was the writers maybe trying to show. Listen, we sent them to this island, yes, because society's at a desperate point, but they're safe out here. They're getting kittens out of trees, but yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> So that just sparked something in me. The uh, the one kid that could create technology, she creates a two. Yes. I was yeah. waiting. I was wondering if you could. <laughs> she <laughs> made me very uncomfortable yeah. by the fact that she was a child. And yep. like at one point she's resting a laptop on her ass. So, yeah. No, so, so that is one of the difficult ones. So one of the other oh, reasons I chose no. this is the guy who throws the purple sticky balls. Yeah, Jack, Jack told me that he's a little bit problematic. He is very problematic. And they kind of somewhat recently rehabbed him a little in the manga, implying that he's basically overcompensating and that he has feelings that go in another direction that he's never... It, that's a whole thing. Um, ah, okay. But yeah, so Momo is who you're talking about, which is the one I can never square. So the idea is that shelf is supposed to be a book, so she has all the chemical... 
So she can make whatever, and if she needs to reference the chemical makeup of something, she's able to do that in order to produce it. But yeah, no. But why is she resting it on her ass? Well, well she has she, a child. She has a special shelf for it. <laughs> but is it that also doesn't she convert her body's fat molecules into she can transform them to, into other molecules? Yes, and that is another again. That's another thing. So they literally I have miss, an issue. I later. miss this. Yeah, yeah. they literally uh, have. An, she, she mentions it in it actually. Yeah. I yeah, little, I'm, I'm, uh, yeah, yeah, I totally missed that. Because she makes okay. the cannon. So I can actually tell you, because you don't get all their powers, but like uh, Yuraka, when she holds, she touches things and holds her breath, they lose their gravity. And as long as she's holding her breath, whatever oh, she has the lose, can float. I, I, I picked up on the losing gravity. I didn't pick yeah. up on the holding her breath. Yeah, she has to hold her breath. Oh, so eventually she kind of gets sick. Uh, the one it. guy with the crazy looking like yellow suit, the more sugar he eats, he literally is called Sugar Rush. He gets stronger. <laughs> That's funny. So God. they come up with each of them have something a little. I like Todoroki, or not? Um, I do like Todoroki, but no, uh, Tokiyama, the bird-headed dude with dark shadow. Yep. That's the other yep. weird thing is that they have these quirks, but they seem to connect up to like a supernatural entity that he pulls from another another dimension. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You reminded me of what's his name, uh, the gunslinger from. Uh, Ours, or uh, what's the the Dungeons and Dragons? Oh my God, I'm an idiot. Uh, oh, uh, Vox Percy? Machina. Vox Machina. Oh, Percy. Percy. Yeah, 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 yep. yeah, yeah. No, I get that. Yeah, totally. Very similar, right? Yeah, yeah. that's funny. Yeah. All right. Okay. Uh, last question. Yeah. Uh, Which one of these voice actors was having the most fun? It always has to be Bakugo. Because he gets to be a crazy person the whole time. You're your karate kid guy. You're karate kid guy. Yeah. I don't know this name, Bakugo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't do remember. You, oh, oh, do you mean William Zepkaname? That's exactly what I meant. Yeah. yeah. Okay. You know, for reference, and, and I was scrolling through to see if there were any names here that I would recognize. And I don't know, I don't know a lot of voice actors, so yeah. it's, it's my own ignorance. But the Wikipedia page for this film. Heroes Rising has a great chart that lists the character name, who the Japanese voice actor is, and then who the English dubbing actor is. So, you know, kudos to the, uh, you know, the unnamed volunteers who who maintain these. But uh, really, really impressive work there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Chart. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So um, that's a movie. The <laughs> this movie does have an IMDb rating. So yeah. On a ten-point scale, do you want to? Either of you want to take a guess at uh, the IMDb rating for this movie? IMDb rating, I don't know, like yeah, six point five, maybe seven. I'm gonna say like mid sevens. Seven point eight, oh. and maybe that's because you know people that go to see it are people that want to see this, oh, right? Sure, like, right, sure, sure, sure. Which yeah, yeah. yeah, like the uh untapped rating. I prefer to get a rating from people that like it. You ever see on you ever go to the untapped app and people go on, I don't like IPAs, one star. Well, yeah. don't review then the don't IPA. order an IPA, yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Who, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh so Josh, in any format you like, stars, quirks, thumbs, whatever you want to do, how do you rate this movie? Um boy, because I have more background. Have a better understanding of what's going on. If we're going to say out of ten, I'd probably I think a seven point five ish is probably fair. Okay, you know, for me, Casey. How about you? Like a six, just because there's so much information that we're missing. Like 
like you mentioning the the one that can hold her breath and the gravity. I'm like, why is she throwing up? Is it the violence? Is yeah. is she not able to handle the yeah, violence? I think she just gets but, sick after a while from holding. But when you, you said know. that she gets sick, I'm like, oh, that's why. That makes okay. sense. Yeah. Um, How about you, Todd? I think you know, I, I, for someone who hasn't watched the series, yes, it's tough. I, I will give my assistant Jack for me gets a ten out of ten. He was perfect. He gave me the moments I needed to understand context. <laughs> That's uh, awesome. But I think like Jay, like Josh, I think like a seven and a half is good. I, I I'm not going to watch this again. Full disclosure, right. yeah. and I'm no, not going to no, watch no. a lot no. of anime. I thought this was a good movie. Yeah, yeah, I enjoyed it. it just was just really I I enjoyed once we got to the actual fight at the end. Everything, not mm-hmm. everything, a lot of leading up to it was just like. Oh my God! Just start punching each other again. Totally. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah was a, I agree. That, and that was I would main... say most anime fans wait for that same thing. Yeah, you know, I'm, <laughs> yeah. some are here for the story, but most are here for this incredibly awesome art and music montage where my brain is melting. Yeah. <coughs> hundred percent agree. Yep. Okay, so that was my hero academia heroes rising. That leads us to. Our favorite air quote part of the night, because um, we made you as a bad movie right now. But uh, right now, you're going to hear one of our wives say. And now it's time to pick the next movie from Thor's helmet. So, Josh, when you're ready, you tell me to stop, and whatever slip I got in my hand is what we're pulling. All right. Stop. Okay. All right. Oh, God. I'm so I have in my hands. <laughs> I have in my hands. There's not a lot. It's more than MCU. Right. Oh, okay. Oh. All right. Um, oh. Okay. Oh. Continuing a uh, non-major publisher. Um, I don't remember the year it came out, but boy, in the 90s, this was the, one of the hottest comic book properties anywhere, including the toy line created by Todd McFarlane. We will be watching oh. Spawn. Spawn. Oh. <laughs> I saw that in theaters. Oh, did you really? I did. I did. I remember John being Lake really Rizal. stoked. Oh, oh, great yes. ad campaign for that movie. Yes. yes I don't that know. was a movie with some heat. I don't know if that is praise, but the <laughs> yeah. ad campaign got me in there. I totally yep. went to see uh, it. So the 1997 live action Michael Jai white vehicle yeah. spawn. Oh, very nice. Woof. Okay. <laughs> sure. Why not? So where did this come out in re- in relation to the Great Blade 2? Because wasn't this the same era? Wasn't Blade, mm-hmm. Spawn? That was all in the same kind of... I'd got to say Spawn was like 96, maybe yeah, 95? 97. Uh, Blade, okay. two, Blade 2 is five years later, 2002, which means Blade yeah. 1 was 98. So 97 you have Spawn, 98 you have Blade. Yep. <clears throat> Because right. the the vibe, I'm Blade is better, but the vibe is similar. Very similar. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Oh, sure, sure. It's a it's a dark, dark. I mean, it's also the era of the Crow. I mean, it's yeah. a dark. Mm-hmm. It's a dark era, right? Yeah. Yep. Um, do either of you want to take a guess at the IMDb rating for Spawn? Four point seven. I'm going to say 7.4. I feel like this has got some weird love. 
Uh, no weird love. It's a five point two. Okay, so uh, with that, let's watch that trailer. It's time. Imagine a substance with the power to destroy humanity. Imagine a creature insane enough to use it. Imagine a hero on the verge of creation. From flesh to steel. You must visualize your objective. From blood to blade. Don't get cocky. You have a lot more to learn. From man to spawn. This summer, evil has a new enemy, justice has a new weapon, and the world has a new hero. I don't feel good about this at well, all. I, Already, season seven, not off to a good start. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it is. You got a good action sequence in the movie that I suggested. That's fair. That's fair. That's fair. That's fair. All right. It wasn't. But now we got to sit through, sit through shitty mid-90s CGI. Oh. So, gentlemen, that was a movie. That was a movie. Mm-hmm. It was. Uh, Josh, once more, thank you very much for coming on. Well, And uh, give us your uh, socials if you want to. Or uh, the podcast socials. Go to fourthpillaroplay.com, all spelled out, and email <laughs> us there because we do pay attention to the email. Um, we don't said. We don't really Instagram. We're, we're terrible netizens, as I say frequently on the podcast. I, I laugh every time he says that because I feel like I forced them into the all spelled out. Only because in my mind, if I hear the fourth pillar, I'm like, well, am I typing the number four? Well, no, it's and it's fun to say. And it's funny yeah. because yeah. Talon gestures to me every time. He always, <laughs> you know, if that's, it's usually me who says this. So he gestures every single time. <laughs> well, and then clarity. Could, it's clarity. I've, I've a, mixed it up before. And I've said fourth pillar all spelled out, not quattro. You know, I'm just <laughs> sure have. Yep. Nice, trying to mix it up, I guess. Yep. Uh, Todd, okay. how about you? Yeah, uh, find me on um, TikTok. Well, not to, I've deleted that app, but uh, I am still on Twitter and I am on Instagram with at TMP in SYR. Or go check out TMP in SYR.com to read some of my rants and musings. How about you, Casey? Well, uh, I mean, in our liner notes, all of our. Um, Socials are on oh, yeah. there, even if X is still a thing when this episode comes out. Um, but my big announcement is that uh, come end of October, beginning of November, I'm doing a little uh, musical here in the great state. Of the great state? Fuck. Yep. Like, I'm doing great. Yeah. Doing you great. are doing it. It's so technically true. <laughs> the, great, the great city of Syracuse, yep. more specifically Fulton, New York. I am doing uh, Sweeney Todd, the Demer Barber of... Fleet Street, and I am playing the titular character, one Mr. Sweeney Todd. Excellent. This Congratulations. Is a bucket, li- bucket list role for you, right? 
Bucket list roll. I've now completed my Steven Sondheim trifecta. Very nice. Congratulations. Yay. So come yeah. out and see come out and see uh, Casey this fall. Come out and see me murder people. Yeah. Guys, that was a movie. That was a movie. All right. So that'll do it for the Super Pod Hero Cast for this week. For Todd Panic, I'm Casey Ryan. For Josh Montgomery, I'm Todd Panic. For Casey Ryan, I'm Josh Montgomery. And I've been your moderator, Dan Be heroic. Well done. I like All that. right. That's good stuff. Well done. Guys, we did it. So stop recording now, right? Casey doesn't believe in like, counting. Yeah, so we're not going to count. I don't believe in counting. One, two, three, four, five, six. Fuck count. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck count, Von Count. <laughs> All right. So fucking vampire Muppet. Josh, if, better than us. if you remember, yeah. And then the point of putting those names is you should expect us to interrupt you there because we've got something okay, I remember. to share at that point. Okay. okay. Cobra Kai definitely goes off the rails in absurdity in the last couple seasons, but I think season one is it's still wonderful, phenomenal. And I, it, the only thing I'm disappointed is I love the whole thing because they're just like, fuck it, we're just going to lean into yes, full '80s yeah, but, bullshit now. But but th- there was a real interesting idea that you know that gave us the first season of Cobra Kai, and it's sure it's really when it good. was a YouTube show. Yeah. yeah, that's when it was sure. more grounded. Once Netflix took it over, like, nah, let's make it '80s. Yeah. Let's do some coke. <laughs> oh, how, how much coke? All of the coke. All right, and let's cancel Glow for no reason. Still mad about it. Uh, no kidding. That's so true. Comes up. So true. Right. Painful. But yeah, Danny gets so many reprieves. How many pieces does you know Miyagi uh, broker? And he just needlessly. I mean, I I can't get over the kid. It's hard to rewatch as an adult now. <laughs> yeah, he's a bit. I'm of a just like, man, <laughs> leave them alone, man. They're... Look, I know Elizabeth Shue is hot, but just chill and does out. she appreciate this behavior? She seems classier than that, Danny. I don't know. Yeah. She does. She does. She takes the high road. She's, yeah. That's right. She does. <laughs>